Love Talk Radio.
Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say Uh-huh. 
All right, praise God. Well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris, and I'll be your host tonight. Not sure if Brother Paul or Sean are going to be on uh, the platform later, but if they are, praise God. If not, you know, we've got the Holy Spirit, we've got the angels, and we've got those of you that are listening around the globe, and we're thankful for our listening audience and those of you that are praying for the ministry, praying for us and our families. And again, we just want to extend a thank you and just our heartfelt gratitude towards you just for for all your support and prayers. Let me do this. Let's open up in a word of prayer, and then we'll get into the word of God tonight. So just wanted to have an extended worship set at uh, Brother Anthony in the screening room with me. We're just praying over a few things. And uh, if you need to call in, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. We're praying taking prayer requests, and just seeing what the Lord's doing. So, hallelujah. All right, praise God. Okay. Here we go here. All right, Brother Paul. Brother Paul? How are you doing? I'm doing good. All right, praise God. All right, well, we're going to pray for the people. And I'm just going to open this up in some prayer. I just want to make sure you're patched in live with me here. So, uh, hallelujah. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm just going to just let you kind of introduce a few things, and then we'll just kind of go with it and see what's going on and kind of whatever the Lord does here. So, Father, we just ask, Lord God, your blessings, Father, over every man, every woman, every child, every teenager listening tonight, Father God. Lord, we just declare, Lord God, as your word, Father, says that we're to come to you and and declare, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Lord, and we thank you that you are our Father. We thank you that we can come to you, Lord God, like your word says, and we have a heavenly Father. Lord, we pray, Father, reveal your heart to those that are listening tonight. Father, we declare, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we pray your will be done. Your plans and purposes come forth in the lives of everyone listening tonight, Father. That, Lord, even their whole households would be saved, Lord, as you said in the book of Acts. That, Father, at the name of Jesus and no other name, no other name in heaven and earth whereby men would be saved, but the name of Jesus, we just declare your name tonight is setting men free, is setting women free, is healing bodies, is setting free tormented minds, bringing peace in the midst of the storms. Father, you're rearranging and changing circumstances, even at the mention of your word. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're for us and not against us. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is hovering and brooding over every household, every office, every every person listening tonight, no matter where they're at. Father, you are in their midst, and you are in our midst. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Brother Paul, uh, anything you want to share? Uh, anything on your heart tonight? Well, as I was sitting on the tarmac preparing for one way parents tonight so we can broadcast to all the nations across the globe, every sovereign and unsovereign nation. You know, there are people out there that probably wonder why we 
when our wives or when our, all the other families in the neighborhood are going to bed while we put our best foot forward and preach to all the nations for the lost. And when I was thinking about it, the parable of the lost sheep came to mind. The parable of the lost coin came to mind. And the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son, came to mind. Why is it that we do what we do? What is it that gives us the drive when everybody else is heading to their bed, seeking comfort, seeking luxury, you know, pressing into that pillow? What is it that causes us to turn about and do what we do, praying for the lost, praying that God would ignite the gifts that he has poured into our lives so that what he has given us, we can give freely. Um Life is about being a giver, and if we can ever really grasp what God has done for us, as it says in John 3.16, that he gave his only begotten son. Um, he gave his only begotten son for us so that we are empowered with the Holy Spirit that we can reach out to the lost. Today at church, four people surrendered. And their spiritual birthday is January 29, 2012. And believe it or not, every one of these young men and women, very young men, two of them are sophomores in high school, I've even had the opportunity to work with them, be on jobs here locally, you know, helping people. Uh, we helped the 92-year-old man, or 98-year-old man, clean out one of his old buildings. He used to be a banker here in the town. And they go to church with us. And it put a subtle journal in me that, you know, just because somebody goes to church with you, that does not necessarily mean that they have called on the name of the Lord. I was really surprised when I saw the faces of the, you know, when they tell you every chin bowed and every eye closed, well, we all want to look. <laughs> Today, they allowed us to look up and because they called them forward. And I could not believe that God had put these people in my life, and I took it for granted that they were already saved. Um, but maybe it wasn't their time. Um, so anyway, um, let's open up our prayer um, for the broadcast. I want to pray for Prayer International.
professional. The man that built the platform and the nations. And then we'll talk about the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And in the event someone calls in during this, obviously we'll recourse to path and um, focus our attention on them. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a sovereign God. Lord God, we thank you that you sent your only begotten Son to the cross for us that would just only believe in your name, for us that would repent, for us that would confess with our mouth that we believe that you are our Lord and Savior, that we believe that Jesus died on the third day and he resurrected, and that we will warmly welcome him into our heart to direct us in our life as our Lord and Savior. Lord God, as we open our mouth in prayer, as you long to hear our voices, Heavenly Father, we come out of comfort for you. For you have given to us freely. We want to give to you freely, Heavenly Father, to your lost. As we come on the air live, May all the families and loved ones and to all nations that you have put on our heart to pray for all the nations, for all the sovereign states, member states, observer states, and United Nations, all 205 entries, Heavenly Father. As we have prayed for Afghanistan, Albania, Macedonia, Algeria, Andorra, Angola, Africa, many of the member states that are of Africa. Heavenly Father, you know their needs. For those practicing witchcraft, for those idling other gods, to those, Heavenly Father, that need your love and your guidance, for those that need us to stand in the gap as a point of contact, to reach out to your lost, Heavenly Father, as your word says in Luke ten two, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And I assure you, God, they are. They are very few. Lord God, we give you the glory. We give you all the honor. And as your word says in First Peter 4, let it be of the oracles of God that the gifts that you give us, let us minister our gifts as good stewards, as the oracles of God. And may you, Heavenly Father, have all the glory and all the honor. Amen. As we move tonight, amen. Um, I see we got three people, two people right now in the chat room. Um, yeah. Why? Why is it that we do what we do? Why is it that God is so compassionate about the lost sheep? Why would He not continue? to minister 
to the 99 who he's already sending his sons in the crossbar. Why would he not focus his attention on them rather than just the one loss? It says in Luke 15 that all the tax collectors and all the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, The man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, You know, it says the man receives sinners and eats with them. I'm going to focus on that in a second. And forgive me if I say anything that's offensive to people, but... You know, God gives us ears to hear. And you always hear the waitresses talk about the Christians. I've always wondered why a lot of the restaurants are open for the Christmas or are open for the church services when they let out. The restaurants want to capture the business. But it seems like the waitresses always complain about the Christians and how they give. They'll have eight, nine, ten people at their table and they leave four dollars for a tip, you know. Um, it was all given to us freely. It's all the Lord's. Um, but it says, this man receives sinners and eats with them. <laughs> you know, why is it that the people that aren't saved, when they sit at the table, you know, is it because they don't know any better? What is it that they give so freely is what I've always wondered. Um, I've always, because I, hear, I, I, I come from a, a lifestyle of being on commission, so I don't suffer with that uh, um, in my life. You know, of course, I suffer with probably other things, I assure you. But, you know, Jesus receives sinners in east with them. So he spoke the parable, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? Why is that, Christopher? Well, okay. I'm here. Why, why does he leave uh, the ninety-nine and go after the one? It says, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? Why is that? Why would he go after the lost? Is it because the other ninety-nine know his voice? Well, when we're talking about the sheep, you know, he says the sheep know his voice, and the voice of a stranger they won't follow. So if they're truly sheep, then yes. But, you know, Jesus, because he loves us so much, you know, when, he, when we wander, when we stray, you know, you're talking about the prodigal son and the lost coin, lost sheep, you know, we can use all those different scenarios to, to correlate, you know. Uh, you know, the Lord, when we fall away, when we walk away, when we stray, when we're lost and when we're in darkness, you know, God says that nothing can separate us from his love. 
You know, there's nothing that can keep us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You know, it says, no greater love does a man have than, this, than to lay down his life for a foe. Well, in the same way, no greater love does a man have than to leave the 99 and go follow the one. Why does he do that? The, the people that are whole, they don't need a doctor. The people that are in church, per se, shouldn't need somebody to baby them spiritually all the time if they're truly born again. If they truly have a relationship with God and can hear his voice, it's those that don't know him. It's those that don't hear his voice. It's those that do not understand the ways of the kingdom or they haven't experienced that life. Those are the ones that he's going for. Those are the ones that he's going after. That's not to say when the 99 have an issue or a problem. The shepherd still takes care of them. Of course he does. But Jesus' focus and his attention is on those that need to come in. Because when you're whole and you're in the plans of God and you're in the will of God and you experience the things and the peace and the healing and everything that comes with the spiritual life, well, then the Lord knows you're okay. He knows you're in the midst of his plans and purposes. And okay. he can rest just like you can rest. But when that one is astray, you know, when that one's astray, it's like, and, and I don't have any children of my own. Okay, my wife and I have not been blessed, you know, in that area yet. But I'll say this. Any of you that are parents, when your your kids are at home and everybody's doing good and they're in school and everything's going great, making good grades, it's easy to breathe, it's easy to rest, it's easy to, you know, feel safe and good about your kids. But when they're out there and they're skipping school and they're not showing up like they should and they're not going to work, they're not doing the things that they should do, then it puts us with an unease, with an unrest. And, you know, we're human. Okay, and that's in a human center. The Bible says if you being human know how to give good gifts to your children, know how to be good or show compassion or show love towards your children, then how much more is your heavenly father? And see, God is unsettled when his children and when his sheep are not, you know, playing and hanging with the other sheep, and they're not at rest, and they're not in their shepherd's arms. So that's, maybe I took too long, but that's that's how to answer that, Paul. Uh, that's why I think he goes after the one. Okay, I was just, I wanted you to interject. Let's see what five says. And when he has... Found it. He he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, "Rejoice for me, as they did today in church for these four young men and young ladies. Everyone in the church was rejoicing because we know that our Father in heaven." was rejoicing. It says, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven. <laughs> That's exactly what Pastor Darrell was saying, that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons 
who need no repentance. Um, so, the parable of the lost coin says, For what woman having ten silver coins if she loses the coin does not light a lamp? Sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace at which I have lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God of a one sinner who repents. Hallelujah. Now, if there's any man on the line, most, at least for me, I was a prodigal son. My mother knew when I was born, before I was born, um, somehow she knew, I don't think she knew it was going to take 43 years, <laughs> but my mother said that she knew that I would one day preach the gospel. I don't believe I preach the gospel. I believe I am an intercessor. Um, I pray on behalf of others. So I guess I fall in the category of preaching the gospel. But are you on your computer, Christopher? Yes. Okay. Um, you want to pull up Luke 15:11? It says, Then he said, A certain man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent it all, there arose several severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Why is that? Why didn't anyone give him anything, knowing that he was filling his stomach with the pods that the swine ate? You want to comment on that, Christopher? Yeah, I'm actually trying to copy and paste some things. Keep, keep rolling with it for a minute, bro. Okay, I'm going to copy and paste the scripture in here. And I'll comment in a minute. Hang on. Okay. Um, we've also got another but call on the line. I'm about, to, I'm about to go into the screening room and see who we got calling in. So keep That's going with it for a minute. I'm going to keep it. Okay. Well, it says when he gladly had filled his stomach with the pods of the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Well, these weren't believers. These were not the true Holy Ghost filled believers that God had 
allowed them to enter into his kingdom presence that were heirs of Jesus. As Creflo Dollar said, one of the ladies, her apartment caught on fire. She lost everything. And then him and his lovely wife, Taffy, immediately got in contact with her because they had been gathering for this certain occasion, not knowing it was going to be her occasion, but because there was going to be someone in need. They have what they call a Jesus in need account. So if you move down to 17, it says, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of the father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. By doing that, he repented. By doing that, he confessed his sins. And as his father saw him far away, the love of Jesus within him, if you're listening, he wanted to make sure that he got to him before anyone else did and feared that they would hurt his son because of the love of Jesus in him. And he arose, but the father says right here, it says, but the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here to kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and now he is found. And they began to be married. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Can you imagine? <laughs> um, wow. You know, always, sometimes, because of what I feel is discernment, whenever we give testimonies of praise, you know, I'm, I always uh, check myself, and I make sure I'm praying up, because it seems that if in church, when you give praise of your testimonies, of the tests that you've been through, and you mention it, that someone always seems to come up against you. Why is that? Why is it that a brother and sister would come against you because of what God has done in your life? My wife says it's, it's God giving us signals that they need prayer. Um. Well, my remark to her was, I feel like I need prayer. Um, but here his brother is, rising up against him. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed a fatted calf. But he was so angry 
he would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered him and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandment at any time. And let you never gave, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed a fatty cat for him. And he said to him, Son, you're always with me. And all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost, and now he is found. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you give us scenarios that you give us life in the Bible that has existed that we can examine that we can compare in our lives Heavenly Father your word says that you exhaust your word over yourself so Heavenly Father we give you the glory tonight we thank you Father for those who have joined us live in the chat room, Heavenly Father, we thank you for Wendy, JC forever. We thank you, Father, for what you have done for Wendy, who has gracefully entered into our lives as we have ministered to her, and she has ministered to us with her testimonies, with her praise reports. A prayer international Heavenly Father Lord God whatever it is that Wendy needs Heavenly Father we mark the doorpost of our house with the blood of Jesus Heavenly Father as we move into this new season with Wendy and all of our callers we thank you Father that you provide Wendy with her angels that protect her that a thousand will fall at the right hand and a thousand, a hundred thousand, ten thousand at her other hand, Heavenly Father. Lord God, we give you praise that you will bless her finances in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, that you bless her business, that you bless her family, all of her family, her brothers, sisters, mother, father, grandparents her brothers and sisters in Christ, Heavenly Father. Lord God, if there's any trials and tribulations that Wendy's going through, Heavenly Father, we bind and we curse the hand of Satan. Your word says that no, may no weapons formed against her prosper in Jesus' name, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you open up doors of opportunity for Wendy in the name of Jesus that she be made whole, Heavenly Father, as a Christian mother, Heavenly Father. Lord God, 
whatever she touches her hands to, your word says, will prosper. Heavenly Father, we give you favor that you give her discernment in her work life. Heavenly Father, as the owner of her company, in the name of Jesus, that every show that she enters, Heavenly Father, that he that is in her is greater than he is in the world, and that the Jesus that lives in her today will change the complexion of every platform that she enters in the name of Jesus. And to you, Lord God, be all the honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, as we move forward tonight, I want to change the direction here. Um, our passion is is to pray from the platform of Prayer International that we reach the lost of over 200 nations, sovereign and non-sovereign. Tonight I would like to touch on Angola. Officially, the Republic of Angola is a Portuguese, Portuguese native country. Um, it's a country that's in the southeastern African border by Namibia on the south, the Democratic Republic of Congo on the north, and Zambia on the east. It's west coast, it's the Atlantic Ocean, and Luanda is its capital city. Um, Heavenly Father, as we lift the Republic of Angola to you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, we thank you. That by the love of Jesus, we have the ability, Heavenly Father, to pray for countries like Angola, Lord God. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the lost Portuguese people of Angola. We send your angels forth, Heavenly Father, over Angola. pray, Heavenly Father, that your kingdom come, your will be done. And in Angola, on earth as it is in heaven, we pray for the government of Angola, for Jose Eduardo dos Santos, our president, for Fernando Diaz dos Santos, in the name of Jesus, for the independence from Portugal, for the entire 481,000 square miles, Heavenly Father, a population of 18,498,000 souls. Heavenly Father, we pray that your love covers Angola, that the lost may hear your voice, 
that you give them ears to hear, eyes to see. Heavenly Father, we pray for the entire kingdom of Angola, for the lost, and that you may draw them near you in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Tonight, let me switch over here. As Christopher is praying in the screen room, I see that um, we have guest number 333, Jeremiah 333, says, calling to me, Ophelia. Lord God, we lift Ophelia. To you. In the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we pray over Ophelia tonight, Heavenly Father. We pray, Heavenly Father, that every child, every loved one in Ophelia's family, Father, is made whole in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we pray over any long suffering in the name of Jesus over her life, Lord God. Heavenly Father, we pray over her finances. We pray, Father, that in the need that she needs a financial breakthrough, that Heavenly Father, that you speak to her, that you give her ears to hear, that she will somehow obtain revelation. Heavenly Father, that you Minister her the law of the seed. I want to pray over the law of the seed. Prophelia, Heavenly Father, because so many people do not understand the law of the seed. There's seven keys to receive. You must, you must first take authority over God's word and call in the harvest of the Lord. First of all, you must first sow a seed. It says in 2 Corinthians 9.10, Now he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Second of all, you must sow in the fertile soil. Well, where does it say that in the Bible? Well, it says in Matthew 13 and 8. But others fell into, into ground. It says, but other fell into good ground and bought for fruit. Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. It also says one of the keys to receive you must sow proportionately with expectation. Then you receive. God's word says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Step number four. Key number four. 
You must sow in faith through obedience. Where does it talk about that in the Bible? In Hebrews eleven six it says, But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That he is what? That he, Jesus, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The fifth key, you must sow in the right season. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we do not faint. We must walk by faith, not by sight. The sixth key is, you must look to the Lord for the harvest. Don't look to your mother. Don't look to your husband. Don't look to your banker. Don't look to your investments. Don't look to your job. Those are just gifts that because of the knowledge are people in your atmosphere that God has given you. You must look to the Lord for the harvest. In Luke 10, 2, it says, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth the laborers into the harvest. The seventh key is you must wait patiently for the harvest. I would have to say that we're all humans. Probably the one of the fruits. I think patience must be the fruit at the top of the tree. For me, it is. It's none of that, what we call the easy fruits, the low-lying fruit, that you can just walk up to the tree and pull off. Patience. You must wait patiently for the harvest. What does it talk about that in the Bible? It talks about it in Galatians 6, 7. It says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So, it don't matter the DNA of your seed. You want tomatoes, you sow tomatoes. You want corn, you sow corn. It don't matter how big a bushel. It don't matter how big a seed. It don't, it don't matter how many seeds you have. It's the power of two. When God created man, man was fine. But he didn't have a helpmate. So what did God do? He made him a helpmate. He brought along a woman. For, for you ladies listening, hallelujah. We need you. Um, there's no way, you know, for the most part, that man's going to just live alone. He, he, we need the woman in the household. Let's keep all the ends together. My wife is always standing in the gap for me, praying for me. So it says here in Genesis 8:22, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest. It says seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, the summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. But notice it says seed and time and harvest. You don't go sit plant a seed. You don't go sow a seed tonight. Dr. Mike Murdoch, 
Benny Hinn, Dr. Mike Simons, Larry Lee, John Lee, Chris Herzog. You just don't go sow a seed anywhere. And in tomorrow morning, wake you to expect the harvest. You must wait patiently. Hallelujah. So, you know, there's seven facts and seven keys. Let me go over the seven facts of seed, faith, seed, time, and harvest. In 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people. that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For God's story, he calls you into his, into Jesus' marvelous light for God's glory, not our glory. It says in Isaiah 48, 17, Thus says the Lord, thy Redeemer, thy Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth, the prophet, which leadeth thee by the way that thou should go. You know, the Bible says that the Lord will, will, will direct the righteous man in his past. The lean not unto your own understanding. In Deuteronomy 8.18, it says that you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to gain wealth. And that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is today. Deuteronomy 111 says, The Lord God of your fathers makes you a thousand times so many more as ye are, and bless you as he has promised you. If you're out there today and you're listening, or you're listening on this on a rebroadcast, and you need a miracle breakthrough, the fastest way, and I'm going to tell you from my own experience, Christopher can tell you, Brian Cliff, if he was still, he's listening to us, but if he was here on earth today, we would all tell you, if you need a breakthrough, God bless you. You have everything you need. It's called a seed. Okay? Some seed somewhere. If you need a healing, sow into a healing ministry. If you need tomatoes, Sow tomatoes, you get tomatoes. You need green beans, sow to- green beans, you get green beans. You need a financial miracle, you find you a, fin- a ministry that has a financial uh, anointing on it. If you need a prophetic word from God, sow it to somebody like Apostle Diane Nutt. You know, I don't want to use none of her names. Sow it to Dr. Mike Murdoch for a financial anointing. You need a mighty move of God. You need that Holy Ghost revival. You need to be healed of sickness, send some sow a seed in the Promised Land Television Network into Dr. Mike and um, Hazel Simons. I promise you, you talk about fertile soil, you'll think it's organic. Malachi 310, bring ye all the tithes. Let me back up here. Why do people miss this? Why does the church miss this? Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Improve me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. And pour you out a blessing. 
that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, if the Bible says in Numbers 29, in, uh, in, in, in the book of Numbers, that God is not a man that he shall lie, nor the Son of Man that he should repent, why is it that the church as a whole clutches on to their tithe and offerings? If you go read Leviticus 26, Leviticus 27, it tells you right there, if you redeem the tithe, that the Lord says there's a 20% penalty on it. So if you make $1,000 and you don't honor the Lord with your 10% tithe, not only do you, is it required of us to honor the Lord with that 10% tithe, he's also wanting 20% penalty, one-fifth. Go read it. Hallelujah. Here we go. Luke 6:38 says, "To give it, it shall be given unto you." First, number one is good measure. Second, pressed down. Three, and shaken together. Four, running over. Five, shall men give to your bosom. But with the same measure that you meet, six, with all, it shall be measured unto you given. Seven. Deuteronomy 12. 28.12 says, The Lord shall open thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain unto the land in his season, and bless all the work of thine hand. If you want to have all the work of your hand done, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in work, whether it's mowing your neighbor's yard, whether it's giving someone a ride to go get their eyes checked, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. This is the word of God. This is not what I say. So if there's anybody out there listening, I would say to you, sow a seed. Sow seed. We must sow seed. As Pastor Joshua Simons, he's 16 years old. When God finally got hold of me in 2008, I was fortunate enough to have Joshua Simons, Dr. Mike and Hazel Simons, in January of 2008. When he was 12 years old, he sat there live on Promised Land Television Network, and he started talking about sowing seeds. And when he started explaining to me how to sow seed, which, you know, you know, kingdom seed, okay, um, wow. Um, we jumped on that seed sowing journey, and uh, we haven't quit. And I can honestly tell you, every time me and my wife turn around, we have somebody blessing us. Everything in my house, there, uh, there, there, there. there you probably could not count 12 items in my house if we went out and we pulled hard cash out of our pocket and bought. Everything in my life that I own right now, God has used man to bless me with. My vehicles, everything. So it sounds like that we have, I hear the voice of the Lord coming out of Dallas, Texas, live on Prayer International. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I hear Christopher Herzog. How you doing, Christopher? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for that, Paul. I appreciate it. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. How you doing? I I uh I turned around and we've already been preaching for uh for a hundred minutes. Yeah, about that. Yeah, that was good stuff. Hey, I just want to say this. You know, it's funny. I was telling my wife, you know, the last couple of days, we kind of just decided to let you roll with it a little bit just to see, you know, what what the Lord would put in your spirit. And uh, today, and you didn't know this, and, and so I'm going to say this, no one, everybody listening, it's kind of funny because Sean and I, the whole year that we did this, we would never discuss what we would preach with each other. And most of the time, we'd never really prepare anything. All we do is soak in the Word. We'd pray, ask God to speak through us, and whatever we did that night is what we did. It would be spontaneous, spur of the moment, and we'd never really, you know, plan or prepare anything. Well, uh, today, my pastor preached a message on the prodigal son. And as soon as we got home... We were talking about the prodigal son, and I was talking to my wife about, you know, the prodigal son, and talking about the message, and this and that. And as soon as we turned on God TV, and if any of you get the God channel or God TV, uh, we have a Dish Network, and I think that's one of the ways you can get it. I think it's on other uh, stations and networks, too, but uh, great, great channel. Uh, All they do is just minister by the Holy Spirit on that channel and have the Holy Spirit programming. But uh, as soon as we turned on the TV, it started flipping around. Uh, we went from, like, TBN, and, you know, we were checking out all the Christian channels. We settled on God TV, and it had uh, Joyce Meyer. And the first thing she starts preaching, it opens up with Joyce Meyer. She starts preaching a message on the prodigal son. So there was the second time we had heard a message on the prodigal son today. So, you know, tonight, and of course I told my wife, I told Tracy, I said, I'm for sure going to speak tonight. So the last few nights, Sean's been preaching and Paul's been preaching. and You know, I'm for sure going to have a word tonight. But then once it got time and I saw that you kind of called in, I was like, well, let's just let him roll with it and see what the Lord says. And I told my wife, I said, it'll be funny. We'll just see, you know, what the Lord says. Sure enough, you start talking about the lost sheep and the lost son, prodigal son. And my wife says to me, confirmation. You know, Tracy just looks at me and says, you know, so does that. But uh, the other reason I share this is the Bible says that out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, a matter will be established. And so for a minute, if you don't mind, and I know right now we don't have any callers in, and uh, you know, I was in the screening room, prayed with a few people tonight, and that went well. And uh, I, honestly, I didn't get to hear, if you want to know the truth, the last 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes of whatever was going on. I was in the screening room doing different things. I have no idea what you really shared uh, until the last few minutes. Um, but that's what I feel like the Lord wanted me to say uh, in reference to the prodigal son. You know, uh, it's funny, but... The focus, a lot of times, we always focus on the brother that went to his father. And I'm going to paraphrase because we've already put some scripture up in the chat room and I got sidetracked with the call, so I didn't get to finish it. But it was uh, in Luke, uh, what chapter, what, uh, uh, hang on a minute. Where were we at with Chronicle Son? Sorry, I've been all over the place tonight in the Word. Uh, 
go to uh, Luke chapter 15, go to verse 11, the parable 11 of the lost 32, son. 11 32, right? Yeah, it's like 11 to 32 is the whole deal. So uh, Luke chapter 15, I don't know why I had Luke 6 stuck in my head tonight. Probably Luke 6, 38. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so, which I was about to type in the chat room when you were talking, and then, then we shifted gears. But uh, so anyways, so go to the prodigal son, and basically it, it breaks down like this. You know, you've got the the good son, I guess we could say, who, you know, here he is taking care of his father's business, taking care of the herds, tending the sheep, taking care of the property, doing everything that, that they're supposed to do. And then we have the the prodigal. He comes up to the father and he demands his inheritance. He demands it. I want my inheritance and I want it now. And the father, even knowing full well that he wasn't in any position to receive his inheritance, wasn't in any position to, to get the goods because he knew he was going to get squandered. But because, you know, he was a loving father and, you know, just like our heavenly father, he gives us freedom to choose. He gives us free will. Sometimes he'll give us things that aren't always the best for us. But if, if you if you ask for it long enough, God will give it to you. You know, the, the Israelites begged and begged and begged God, oh, we're so sick of manna. We're so sick of this stuff. Can you please send us some quail? Please send us some meat. Well, they got what they wanted, and then they choked on it. Okay. <clears throat> What I was saying is this. So here this son demands his inheritance and he takes it and goes out. He squanders it on riotous living. Squanders it on harlots. And you know, if any of you were out in the world, and I know my life before I came to Christ, I was out there doing the same thing. Squandering every good thing God had ever poured on me, even though I didn't always know it was from him. Squandering it on riotous living. And just my, you know, ungodly lifestyle. And for many of us, you know, before Christ, that's the way it was. We were in darkness until we were translated into light. That's all we knew was darkness. So here he is. He's out there. And he's spending it. And he's squandering it. Before you know it, he has nothing. And he has to move in with a farmer, basically. And I'm paraphrasing and this was a pig farmer. And here he is out there feeding the pigs. And before you know it, he's out there sleeping and eating with the pigs. And sooner or later, he just decides to settle. And he's out there eating pig slop. Now, here he goes from living in this luxurious lifestyle, never wanting for a thing. Everything he ever needed was just handed to him, spoon-fed. Not that he didn't have to work, and I'm sure he did at times, but even when he chose not to, he was still blessed, still spoon fed, pampered. And even in his rebellion, here his father gives him this inheritance to just throw away into the wind. In the middle of this, he finds himself in a situation, sitting there eating pig slop, and all of a sudden, the light turns on. He has a re- an epiphany, a revelation. He comes to himself, the Bible says. 
And he realizes, you know, even my father's servant has it better than this. Even when I'm just kind of breaking it down in layman's terms for you. But he ha- he realizes even the, the servants on the farm have it better than, than my present situation. Now, I'll go back and, and become a servant in my father's house. And it's funny how here he was, a son, demanding his inheritance. And because of his pride, and because of his riotous living, and because of the way he chose to do things his way and not the father's way, he lost it all. Lost and squandered every bit of it. And in the middle of it, he was reduced to that of a pig. Okay? Reduced to that of an animal. His own pride. See, the Bible says, if you humble yourself, God will lift you up. But pride will bring you down. Pride comes before a fall. So his own pride, his own ego, his own, I can do things better than my father. You know, the devil had that same attitude. And in Isaiah it says, he fell like lightning. The Lord dropped him to the earth like lightning. Put him down. Because he thought he was going to exalt himself above the most high. No, God doesn't roll that way. He won't let anybody touch his glory. And so, when the the devil, who the devil chose not to do his father's business, Adam and Eve are in the garden. They chose not to be about the father's business. And here, even the prodigal son that we've been talking about tonight, because he chose not to do the father's business, his own pride reduced him to that of a pig, of an animal. Listen to this. He goes back, and it says his father even noticed him when he was far off. Even when he was far away. And I'm here to tell you, if you're a prodigal, if you're away from your father, God notices you. God sees you even when you're far off. And he can't wait. He can't wait for you to come home. You know, sometimes when we're sitting there eating the pig food, and I'm including myself in this because there's been times in my life when my way has reduced me to that. Okay, and when you're there in the mud of the world and all the junk that the world's put you in and that you put yourself in because you chose not the ways of the Lord. You know, it's funny how we can get humbled and we can kind of come to ourselves, and this happens. So wherever you're at, come to yourself. Realize where you're where you're going. Realize where your ways will lead you. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. The fool, only the fool says in his heart there is no God, but the fool also says in his heart, my way is better. And you can look throughout the Bible and see plenty of fools who thought their way was better. I can tell you even in my own life, when I thought my way was better, I was a fool. But here's this prodigal son, even though he was such a fool and so far off, his father noticed him when he was far off. And he came to his father, he said, Father, I've sinned against you. 
He said, I'll even come and be a servant in your house. And his father said, no. His father went and took the fatted calf, came and took a robe and covered up his nakedness. I'm here to tell you if the world has left you vulnerable and, and metaphorically speaking, naked and cold and shamed, the Father is waiting for you to come home so he can put a robe over you, a royal robe, to say, this is my son, this is my daughter. You're not a prodigal to me, says the Lord. And he put shoes on his feet. Here his feet were walking around in the pig mess and on the dirty, dusty road all the way home. And his father cleaned him up and put shoes on his feet. And that signified that he could have a walk with his father. He See, your father wants you to walk in straight paths. Your heavenly father has a, a path he's carved out for you. He leads you in paths of righteousness for his namesake, Psalm 23 says. And so God has paths of righteousness for you. If you'll just put his sandals on, if you'll put on the shoes of the gospel of peace on your feet, and walk the ways of the Lord. And that's what that would signify. And here, he puts a signet ring. The, the father puts a signet ring on the parable. The, the prodigal son's, sorry, the prodigal son's uh, hand. And that signet ring in those days represented the name of the house, the name of the father, the authority of the, the king, the authority of the household. Whatever was in that signet, it represented uh, the authority of that household. And what he was saying is, look, you're getting your authority back. You're getting your identity back. Even though you're out there in the world, hanging out, squandering everything, I'm receiving you back to myself, and I'm giving you back your identity, and I'm giving you back your authority, and it's restored to you. And listen, you may have played prodigal, and you may be running from God even now, Things in your life might not be where they should be with God. Or maybe someone in your life is that that prodigal. God is waiting to put the ring back on your finger and say your identity is in me. You're my son. You're my daughter. I'm your father. And God wants to give you a new identity. He wants to let you know you're a new creation. You're a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. And he wants you to have authority. He says, nothing by any means will hurt you. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And where the enemy has beat you up. And where you have had an identity crisis in your life. And where your walk has been so messed up, it's brought you through the muck and the mess of life. God wants to restore you. God is in the restoring process, the restoring business. And see, the sad thing is, many of us in the church have played the part of the good son. But let me tell you about the good son. And I want you to identify with this. If this is you, I want you to, to take this to heart. I heard this today. I want to share this part of it with you now. And see, here the father even though he was ready to bless and restore the prodigal son back into the home and back into the family, and he did that. 
we got a picture of what happens with the good son who sat there complaining and saying, but father, he squandered his inheritance. He didn't stay here and do what he was supposed to do. Oh, but father, where's my party? Where's my padded calf? Where's my royal robe? Where's my new sandal? And you know, many of us in the body of Christ taking our Christianity and our salvation for granted. We sit around in our churches and our Bible studies and our meetings and our places and we act like we've got it all together because we maybe we don't sin in some areas and we haven't messed it up anymore in some areas because we've let the Lord work on us, but yet we look at, at those that are outside the church, those that have left the church even. Those that have fallen away from God even, and we point fingers at them and say, but Father, look at them. Look at them. And we watch God bless the people when they come right out of the world. And we watch God restore the fallen preachers and the the, the, the people that, we, you know, we definitely wouldn't bring to heaven if it was up to us. And thank God we're not God. Thank God I'm not God. Because if it was up to me, there's a lot of people I wouldn't let into heaven. There's a lot of people I wouldn't want to forgive. But, you know, thank God he's working on me. He's working on you. And thank God I'm not God. But, you know, many of us have played the, that role of the, the good son, and we pointed our fingers at the prodigals and said, but, God, why are you blessing them? That, that guy's only been a Christian for five years, and you know what he used to do? You know what she used to do before? Do you know what that? You know what that those people did before they were in church? But you know what? God says no. Just like that lost sheep. Just like the the father. Listen. The the story not so much emphasizes the the love of the father towards the the prodigal son, but it emphasizes the condition of the religious church that identifies with the quote-unquote the good son who didn't have the love of the father and, and couldn't be happy that his brother had come home and couldn't get excited that the father wanted to bless the, the prodigal son. And see, when we see God blessing other people, when we see people coming straight out of the world into the church, they may not look like us or smell like us or talk like us, they may still cuss and still wear their clothes a certain way and still have certain types of hair and, and dress and and language. They, they might not know when to say amen or hallelujah. We've got to just love them into the kingdom and, and help them find their identity with their father and help them get on the right path and put the shoes of the gospel of peace on their feet. we got to put, put a robe over their nakedness where the world and the devil has shamed them, we've got to restore them and, and give them some value and give them some worth that, that's in Christ Jesus, our hope and our glory. And so my word, which I hope is, you know, just a, an extension of love with, along with Paul's word, what he shared tonight, which I'll, I'll get to hear later. But you know, God is reaching out not only to the prodigal, but he's reaching out to those of you that, that thought you did it all right 
and thought you've had it all together. And you're wondering why everybody else around you is getting blessed and you're not. And why those people that didn't do it right and didn't have it all figured out and didn't say amen when they should have, why are they, why is God blessing them? Why is God doing miracles through them? Well, why don't you learn to rejoice for them and with them and, and bless God for your brothers and sisters that are getting blessed and, and make a point to be a blessing and trust that God's going to bless you along the way. Trust that God's going to bring those same blessings into your life one day. But until you change your attitude about it, until you get the heart of the Father instead of the heart of the quote-unquote good son, of the story Then you'll never get to enjoy The fatted calf And the ring on your finger And the robe And the shoes And the party So I'm here to tell you There's angels that want to rejoice When you come into the Kingdom of God But there's also angels That want to rejoice Every time you have a victory And every time you obey the Father And every time You do the Father's business There's angels in heaven waiting to bring you rewards See the Bible says in Hebrews He that comes to God Must believe that he is And that he is a rewarder of them That diligently seek him And if you're believing that he is Who he says he is And if you're diligently seeking him first In his kingdom and his righteousness You're diligent about it Which means you don't stop Be like Jacob and grab onto God And say well, I'm not going to let you go Until you bless me until he changes your walk. You see, before I grabbed onto God, I walked different. My walk was different. And when I got a hold of Jesus and I learned how to walk in the Holy Ghost, it changed the way I walked. And just like Jacob, when he wrestled with that angel and said, God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. When he was done, he walked a little different afterwards. And I'm here to tell you, when you wrestle with the angels, and you wrestle with God in the place of prayer, he'll turn you into a different man or a different woman. And he'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change the way you think. It'll change the way that you do. And I'm not saying that you'll never struggle with your flesh or your old nature or things from your past. That's why we constantly have to crucify the flesh. We constantly have to cast down the vain imagination. We constantly have to Feed ourselves in heavenly places with Christ and think on those things that are good, lovely, and good report and pure and lovely. Which means we, we have to discipline ourselves in order to get the victory. But in the midst of that, we have to just trust the grace of God that He's already attained and, and given us the victory. And so I said all that to say this trust God. Ask the Father for his heart this year so that you can embrace the lost sheep, so you can be the one that goes after the one that's wandered away. You can be the one that goes after the prodigal. Don't sit around with the 99 thinking you've got an added edge on the one that wandered. And don't sit around like the good son that was too good to rejoice that his brother came home you know, if the angels rejoice when a sinner comes home, then can't we get smart enough? If the angels are smart enough to rejoice when a sinner comes home, 
doesn't that ring a bell? Doesn't that tell you something? And yes, we're we're created a little lower than the angels, but you know what? God gave us angels as our ministers and our heirs and our servants to help us in the, the work of the Lord. I'm here to tell you rejoice and get excited when you see people coming back to the Lord. And when you see people wandering from the things of God, pray for them. Speak the word of God over them. Speak the truth. That's love. You tell them the truth. They may not want to hear it. But God says, look, if you love them, you'll tell them, and then their blood won't be on your hands. So I'm here to tell you, we've got a work to do. So I've got two messages for you tonight. One, if you're a prodigal, if you're wandered far from God, if you're away from God, come home tonight. Come back to the Lord. Come back to your Father. Maybe you are a Christian, but maybe you've wandered away from the plan of God. And maybe you go to church, but you know in your heart you're not right. Maybe you can say and quote the Bible better than than I can, which would not be too surprising. But maybe you can. But you know, if your heart's not right before God, it doesn't matter. God says you're a clanging symbol. If you don't have love in your heart towards God and towards your fellow man, God says you're just a just a drum set, just banging away. Just a bunch of noise. Not not a beautiful symphony, but just a clanging cymbal. See, when you let the fruit of the Spirit, you let the Holy Spirit come in and shed the love in your heart, and the fruit of God starts to bubble up, and all of a sudden the joy of the Lord becomes your strength, and the peace of God fills your heart. And you experience his presence. All of a sudden he starts to give you some self-control. All of a sudden he starts to give you patience with people that you used to want to slap. But now you just want to bless them. Trust me, I've been there. There's many people that I, I would have wanted to slap. But the, the spirit of God come over me now. I just want to lay hands on and pray for them. You know, God has a way of changing our hearts. We've we got to ask him. And trust me, see, as soon as you feel the vain imagine, as soon as you feel that slap come on you like you want to slap somebody, that's when you got to start casting down the vain imagination. That's when you got to start declaring the peace of God. I will be anxious for nothing. Start speaking to that anxiety. When you feel your heart rate getting up there and, and you feel the vein about to start popping out of your head, that's when you got to start speaking the peace and declaring the word of God. And then you start blessing those that you want to curse. You bless those that curse you. And you pray for those that despitefully use you. And the next thing you know, you're blessing your enemies. I know it sounds crazy. But this is the kingdom way. We all got to learn it's a process. This doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. It's a process. Just like it was a process for the prodigal son. He didn't get it right away. He had to go squander it and mess it up. But his mess became a message, and that message was was strong enough to write down in, a, in the Word of God, and it's in the book. And it was there for us to be edified and for us to learn not to be the, the good son, but to have the Father's heart, and not to 
to stay in the pig pen as the prodigal, but to come home. And so wherever you're at, I'm going to pray tonight, and then I want Brother Paul to pray. And if there's anything going on in the chat room, I'm not sure um, at this point. But um, I'm going to pray for everybody listening tonight. And for those of you that might identify with either one of the sons, and maybe you're a daughter tonight, so we'll just say if, if you're a prodigal daughter or you've been the good daughter that thinks you did it all right and you're pointing fingers at the prodigal daughters, well, this message is for you too. So, Father, tonight, Lord, I pray for the prodigals. Father, I was a prodigal. Lord, we're all prodigals. We've all strayed and wandered far from you. And, Lord, thank you, Father, that your goodness and your mercy endure. Father, thank you that even though your anger is for a moment, your mercy endures for a lifetime. Thank you for the blood of Jesus and the mercy that's in Christ, Lord. And, Father, thank you, Lord God, that you grant repentance to all of us so that we can turn our hearts and we can come back to you give us that gift of repentance. And tonight, Father, I pray for every prodigal, every person that's wandered from you, every son and daughter that's far off. Lord, I pray that you would turn their hearts, bring them to their senses, bring them to themselves tonight. Lord, don't let them stay there eating the pig food. Don't let them stay there eating the, the refuse of the world and the garbage that the world is feeding them. But, Father, allow them to come back into your home, into your kingdom, under your arm, under your protection. And, Father, begin to feed them, Lord God, the bread of life, Jesus, and your word, and your spirit. Father, I pray tonight, Father, for a turn of heart in every prodigal, Lord, that you would bring peace and that you bring a, a love for you and a love for people in their hearts, Lord. And tonight, Father God, we pray for those that think they have it all together, those that have played the part of the good son or good daughter, those that pointed the fingers at the prodigals, those that didn't reach out with compassion, those that didn't do to the least of these. And, Lord, I know in my own life I've been guilty of that, and you're working on me, Father. You're working on all of us, Lord. So, Father, I pray, Lord God, that you'd reach out to those and begin to give them the Father's heart, Lord. Just give those that have a heart of stone, give them a soft heart. Those that that need compassion, Lord, give them a compassion for people and a passion for Christ. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that you're turning every heart tonight towards you. You're turning every heart tonight, every mind tonight. Towards heaven And we just give you the praise Father We ask Lord God your Holy Spirit To touch every person tonight Touch them in their bodies Heal them I just speak and declare That by the stripes of Jesus Christ You are healed That the blood of Jesus Christ is speaking today He is the same yesterday, today and forever And I'm declaring today That God's word is going forth Because his word heals he heals all your diseases. He forgives all your iniquities. Just like Psalm 103 says, to forget not his benefits and receive his healing tonight in your body. Receive his healing in your mind. 
He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but he's giving you power, love, and a sound mind. So I speak a sound mind over you tonight in Jesus' name. And I pray the will of God and the kingdom of God come in your life tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, we've got about 10 minutes, I think, if I'm saying this right. Do you want to add right. to that, Shepard? Do you want to pray? Uh, sure. Um, first of all, um, I don't have Holy Ghost satellite where I'm at. Um, we've only got a cable package. Um, not until I got into the green room. In fact, um, as I was watching TBN, the story of Joseph, I really didn't want to come in and get on the air um, because I was enjoying myself relaxing, even though I took a good nap the day after services. And, of course, the town that I live in were state champions and um, eight-man Division Two football. They went 13-0, and so they got all their – they had a big function for them the night. They all got their Super Bowl rings. You got to see these rings that they gave these high school kids. I mean, they they're they're just covered in diamonds, and uh, for the most part, you know, a little small rural town where we're at, uh, most of these kids go to church, so they're Holy Ghost filled, you know. And let me tell you, did God ever give them diamonds? <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't believe how big these rings are. So anyway, I didn't. You know, the enemy don't want me on the line. He don't want any of us on the line, on the air, doing what we do. But I came in here, um, you know, uh, if you look at what, <clears throat> let's see, um, Luke. If you go into the book of Luke and you look at 962, um, it says, but Jesus said to him, no one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So, we must do what we're called to do. Rains, sleet, or snow. Um, even at Promise Keepers Men, it don't matter how much snow we have. If we get 36 inches of it, we're still having Promise Keepers Men every Friday morning. I had no idea what we was going to do tonight. I didn't feel that my spirit stirred. But in the last minute, the Holy Spirit whispered to me. He said, Prodigal son. <laughs> Prodigal son. Uh, and at the last minute, you know, I, I you know, wanted to start preaching about the lost sheep. Because that's what we do Hallelujah um, yeah. For those of you that are out there For those of you that hear the rebroadcast um, This is what I would have to say to you Because this is what we do To share God's promises To receive God's gift Of forgiveness For eternal life To receive God's gift Of peace, love And Jesus Christ is your Lord, your personal Lord and Savior. The Bible promises 
that if you will turn away from your sin and follow and trust Jesus and invite him into your heart, Jesus will forgive you of your sins and make you a new person. And all you got to do is just repeat this after me. Say, Father God in heaven, thank you for your son, Jesus. I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I definitely need a Savior, Jesus. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the grave. Please, Father God, forgive me of my sins. I turn to you, Jesus. Come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and make me the person you want me to be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. As we move on, I want to make sure that we pray for Will. Um, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Will. For whatever needs that he needs, Heavenly Father, concerning psychotic harassment, the devil. The Bible says that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. That all we do have to call on your name. Heavenly Father, we call on your name. We pray a Psalms 91 prayer over will in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. As your word says, Father, in Psalms 91, Lord God, your word says that Psalms 91, as we wrap him, will, in this prayer, is a safety of abiding in the presence of God. That you will deliver him, Heavenly Father, in the secret place of the Most High. And under you, Father, under the shadow of the High Mighty, Lord God, we just send, we broadcast your angels for his refuge, Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. For those of you that are listening to Prayer International, we thank you. We thank every one of you that have blessed Prayer International by sowing seed into the ministry so they can preach the gospel to all the nations, to the many nations that we've already prayed for. We thank you for your faithfulness. Um, at any chance, if you have any friends or family that need prayer, have them call 619-638-8458. That's a very easy number to remember. If you align it with scripture, you'll never forget it. That's the only reason why I know it. Hallelujah. Um, uh, before we cut off, Paul, I wanted to, uh, we, we need to pray for Carolyn, uh, a friend of ours in Mesquite. Um, don't want to give her last name necessarily out on the air, but, um, you know, her, what are her son's name? Billy, Billy's mom. Uh, Billy's mom, Carolyn, in Mesquite. Uh, needs healing from cancer, and, uh, you know, the Lord healed her once, and, and now the enemy has tried to put some things back on her, so we're just trusting that, that he's going to bring her through. Uh, well, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, uh, Brother Paul and I and Tracy, Lord, all stand in agreement, Father, with those that are listening and those that are praying and interceding for Carolyn tonight, Lord God. We ask your healing, Father God, over her. Lord, we declare that by your stripes she's healed. Yes. We declare that your blood is speaking for her. Father, we just declare, Lord God, that your your bread for your children, the Bible says healing is the children's bread, and she's your child, so we just declare healing over her, that she is free of cancer. We just declare that cancer devil has to go in Jesus' name. And, Father, that you are breaking all the power of darkness. 
And in you is no darkness at all, Lord. So we just declare your light to just expose this and, and rebuke it, Father. And we just thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Paul, Amen. To you. And uh, those of you that are listening, just keep her in your prayers. And, uh, yeah, go ahead, bro. Amen. Um, well, we got about a minute and a half. Um, thank you, Wendy, for coming online tonight. All of our other guests, too. And, uh, make, sure, make sure you send in your testimonies to prayerinternational at gmail.com or post them at prayerinternational.org. Amen. Tracy, by chance, how's your ear? Did you already cancel your doctor's appointment? Actually, it's um, it's it's actually a little bit better, but it's not not completely. But I'm believing that God healed it, so um, I, I probably will not be going to the doctor tomorrow. Just make sure you. You uh, just put some more anointing oil on it before you go to bed, and, and uh-huh. um, um, and wake up in the glory. Um, we're about to go off the air, so yeah. if you want to we say anything, Chris, seconds. go ahead. Well, this is Prayer International, and in Jesus' name, have a blessed night. Love you. Amen.